My name is Ember Kelly, and I am the Director of Religious Education here at the Fourth Universalist Society in the city of New York. Uh, and our In Conversation series is something that uh, has been going on through a lot through the last year online, but existed previous uh, to our online time. Uh, and it's just a chance for us to interact with speakers that bring uh, different ideas, different perspectives, uh, and it's just a wonderful time to get to uh, educate ourselves on maybe stuff that we're not super familiar with. Uh, and so I'm really excited for tonight's. Tonight's we have Jose Briones, and he has actually previously sat down with me for a discussion back in oh gosh, February, March, uh, as part of the uh, Digital Minimalism uh, through Lint series. So uh, uh, we have had some past conversations, and I'm just really excited for this conversation tonight. So Jose, would you like to introduce yourself to our, uh, our audience here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Jose Briones. Um, you know, I am um, actually I work kind of like in religious environments as well. You know, I, I work with nonprofits and religious institutions and, you know, I do a lot of that work. Um, that's kind of like on my professional side. But the reason why I'm here today is because I run a channel. I run a YouTube channel where I talk about digital minimalism and specifically I talk about devices like this one. This is a small device called the Lightphone 2. It's essentially a dumb phone or a phone that is essentially just for the basics. And I enjoy talking about that and talking about how to make this world a little bit of a better place by interacting with people instead of interacting with devices. So that's my story. And we had, like, like I mentioned, we had tons of great conversation before realizing our, our shared uh, know religious studies background as well as then talking about this so uh my experience getting to know you was that i found your channel as i searched the world for, for information on on how to break a little bit of a phone addiction i've i've had a bit of a on and off relationship with with phones and with social media uh gosh the last like you know 15 years i suppose at this point um but i i've generally always been the person who is very much like you know, I, I had a MySpace before it was cool. I had a I had a blog. I had, uh, you know had all these different um, opportunities uh, for for being on social media, and it's kind of something that I very much grew up in. Uh, and as I uh, you know transitioned to smartphone world, my my dad had like the first generation uh, iPhone and got me like the second generation iPhone when I was in like my second year of college, and so I you know, have always had the smartphones, always been involved with like social media. And it's been, you know, something that's been a really big part of my life. But then I realized in, in more recent years that it was really, you know, wearing down on me that I was spending a bit too much time online. And uh, I had had a bit of an off and on relationship with, with social media and with, with smartphones. And so I had started trying to really limit my time. And then I found your channel as I looked for information uh, about switching to a different type of phone. And I can say, so I used, it was a Shock Classic. I used it for the last uh, five months. I was running into some issues recently and I have recently moved to a streamlined smartphone in that I only have texting and uh, WhatsApp available on it. Uh, and so I've, I've not re-downloaded any of the social media on it. It's only there for for contact, but I was having some some WhatsApp issues, and so I decided to uh, move back. But I um, that's that's a little bit of my my journey, just to give folks context. Uh, so Jose, would you like to talk a little bit about how you kind of came 
into this world, how you became a, a YouTuber around all Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, honestly, I, I got this phone uh, about two years ago now, uh, the Light Phone 2. Uh, I thought that it was a good concept, you know, a simple phone that was not, that was a stylish device, right? Um, I wanted to try it out. I've had, I mean, I grew up with technology uh, most of my life. I think maybe just the first seven years of my life, I didn't have access to the internet as widely and, you know, just present all the time. So after I was seven, you know, I started getting into learning how to operate computers, windows, you know, cell phones, all these different things. And over time, you know, you just, you just grow tired to a certain degree because these devices have so much control over our lives. And that's how I felt too. I felt that there was a high degree of control that I was not in control of my usage anymore, right? Um, it was more like I was obsessively using my device time and time again. So I decided to give this a try. And I started kind of like doing like a blog journal, essentially, video journal. Hey, this is how it's going. I like it, you know, it's really nice. And well, you know, uh, that brought up uh, more people to be interested on the video and could they kind of like, oh, have you ever used this device or that device? So I started kind of making reviews slowly of different dumb phones. And then I became more interested in the topic, not just like, hey, this is the one I use and that's great. But there's other people that have different needs, right? Like, you know, for the light phone, you can only have a couple of things. So you have a phone, phone calls, text messages, podcasts, and music, essentially. You have an alarm calculator. That's six things. Some people need WhatsApp. Some people need a little bit of an extra thing here and there. So I started researching more of those devices and eventually you know i started making those reviews on the channel yeah so could you tell us uh for those who might not uh, i've i've watched plenty of your reviews uh, and i'm pretty familiar with the light phone but for folks that might not be super familiar like what what, is, what sets that apart as a little bit different from like some of the uh like just having a really empty smartphone or just uh having like a really basic flip phone or something like that what is it what does the light phone do that's a little different? Um, you know, I would say that they're pretty much in the same category. Uh, nowadays, I've come to the realization that the goal is to maybe have a better communication and better understanding of our usage with not only the digital space, but even like things that may distract us from our priorities. So, for example, um, I'm going to roundabout way to, to answer your question. I'm sorry. Uh, but essentially, you know, let's say that you really want to focus on your work or you really want to focus on talking with family, right? Well, you need to make that a priority. So if you have something that gets on the way of that priority, then that thing needs to be regulated. It could be your smartphone. It could be uh, some sort of addiction, substance abuse, things like that. You know, it could be that. Or it could be that you are paying attention too much to the TV. It could be that you're working too much, right? So if your goal of talking with family every day and making that space is your goal, then you need to make sure to regulate the other parts. So there are different tools in order to help you do that. 
some people choose a smartphone and they use different methods. Like there is uh, programs or apps that allow you to block, right? The different apps. So there's an app that helps you block all of the other distracting apps, you know, and that works for a lot of people. Other people choose a very basic phone, maybe because it's cheap. I just need to make calls and text. That's it. Well, get a cheap flip phone from Walmart, 20 bucks and you're good to go. The light phone is a little bit different because it has a kind of like a intermediate perspective. It allows you to have some of those smart features, but it doesn't allow you to have the smart distractions. So it will have phone calls, text messages, it'll have podcasts, music, and in a week and a half or so, it's going to have maps. You know, so that's something that a lot of people like to use. You like to use maps, you like to use those things. And that's essentially what the light phone does. It's a little bit more of like a different philosophy. It's like, we'll allow only certain things, but we won't allow other things like WhatsApp, Signal, and all of these different, you know, communication or whatever your preferred app is for, you know, whatever service it is. Right, so the, the Shock Classic that I got, and I still have, this might be a temporary switchback. Um, I overall actually really enjoyed it and really have enjoyed the time that I spent with it, which is why I'm still keeping it around as a, as a option. Uh, is like, uh, I, I've actually found the, the biggest challenge has been figuring out how to like, uh, most of the like flip phones, they have, uh, you know, that the alarm, can be in like alarm mode that like that's the like there's no vibrate it's silent besides for the alarms and I for the life of me cannot figure out how to make my Android phone that I just switched to 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 let me not have the noises while still having a noisy alarm so I'm, I'm struggling going back to smartphone life um, but I mean I you know I loved it like it, it made me be really intentional about uh, what I was sending I had to really think about what I was going to text before I sent it um it worked fine for pretty much most of the things i needed i um made uh let's see um so uh, i was recently in michigan i made like uh so one two we made like five trips uh from new jersey over to to michigan and i did that with with uh my flip phone um and you know i just looked up the directions in advance had them set up on like uh my ipad even though that didn't have any connection so i had them there uh and you know, it, it makes you be a lot more intentional. I've, I've, you know, figured out my way around a lot of New York City without like having an app to tell me where to go. Um, you just got to kind of pre-plan it. It made life very intentional, which I found was like a really uh, wonderful thing, which I'm already somewhat missing as, as the smartphone has reentered my life. But the, but the struggle was as we move uh, back to being in person uh, as, as a congregation, there's so much communication going on right now and not necessarily by email, some of it by text. And uh, when I'm, when I have to like sit there and take all that time to write out a text, I'm like, Oh gosh, like at least just for like the next month, I need to, to switch back. Um, so, I mean, have there, have there been challenges for you uh, like embracing it in your own life? Absolutely. Um, you know, a flip phone or a very basic device is not for everyone. And essentially because of, some people really rely on their smart devices for, for work, right? Like, you know, if I have to send a hundred emails a day because I'm a personal assistant, having a smartphone makes sense because it's going to make my life easier. I mean, can you imagine typing a hundred emails on T9, right? You know, like triple clicking A, F, whatever, you know, whatever letter, 
trying to get to it. It will take forever. So it's not smart. It's not, it's not the smartest way to, to do things, right? Um, but there are other kinds of jobs that you don't need those smart features. It's just a little bit of like an inconvenient. Like, for example, with my job, I deal with calls and texts sometimes. But the majority of it is in an office researching or talking with people like, you know, like doing this. I do trainings. I do things like that. So it's not going to be mainly, you know, replying and doing a lot of things that require uh, smart capabilities. There are some other friction parts. Like, for example, I don't have maps on my phone anymore, right? So I had to get a GPS. But that's something that I was used to. And there are standalone GPSs. There's a, there's a lot of things that can prevent you from getting a, a very basic phone. But what you have to think about is my lifestyle is going to change. And what are the benefits over the, you know, sore points, right? So... If the benefit of having a flip phone or a very basic phone is that I'm going to recuperate time with my family, I'm going to be able to read more, I'm going to be able to go and exercise instead of being in a couch, scrolling for hours and hours, you know, or I personally had a problem and I still do from time to time. I love playing chess online, you know, and one easy way to play chess online is through my smartphone. Like I do have a smartphone at home, right? Like, you know, whenever I need to do those smart things, like check out my bank account. I have an app for that instead of logging it in into my computer and doing everything, right? Like, you know, I just check it quick in the morning. I do all my finances in the morning and I set it and forget it, never touch it again. You know, from time to time, I may pick up the phone and play chess and 40 minutes to go by, an hour goes by and it's just like, it was fun, but it's not the most ideal situation. So that's when I, you know, say, you know what? Let me not use a smartphone because it can get on the way of my productivity. And let me just embrace a simpler lifestyle. I mean, we all have been there, or at least most of us in our generation have been there. I didn't have a phone, you know, until I was like 12, 13. And I survived, right? I didn't need a phone for, for talking with my friends. I saw them at school all the time. Um, and for the most of the, I mean, for all of the 20th century, most people didn't have cell phones. We had landlines, you know, and we survived with that. It was a simpler time. It was a different time. And I think smartphones are great creations, but they have brought other unintended consequences like anxiety, misinformation, for example, right? They have brought this rise of hyper-connectivity, people lacking the attention to give you a simple conversation at a coffee shop. You know, the moment of silence that we have nowadays is not spent in silence and boredom. It's not spent in introspection. Nowadays is oh, my friend is going to the restaurant. Well, let me pick up my phone and check out my messages. Try to like, you know, and some of these things are good, but some of them are a detriment to our quality of life. When I look over my, I, I'm not too that old, but when I look at half of my life was lived without a cell phone. And I think that that half of my life, yeah, sure. It was my formative years, my years of teenage and also, you know, my early years of early development. But those were the happiest years. I wasn't worried about all of these things. I was just focused on the moment. But nowadays, you know, whenever I had a smartphone for the past, I would say eight years, had a smartphone switched two years ago, I was always frustrated. You know, like I, at first it was like, man, wow, this is amazing. I can do all these things. But then it gets to a point that it's just overwhelming. And I just wanted to go back to that lifestyle. Now, not everyone can do that, but everyone can embrace the principles. So for example, if 
Instagram is a problem for you, you compare yourself too much to people, then delete it. It's not going to detriment your quality of life. It's not like you're going to lose friends. You still have people that you see around. And maybe it pushes you out of your boundary to make more people in the physical spaces and communities that you're at rather than on the online spaces, right? Because online, we find people that agree with us. In our communities, we have to deal with some people that agree with us and some people that don't. But that's what makes us grow as people. And that's something that I've been able to embrace. Yes, there are challenges. There are sore points. But you learn to adapt. I mean, that's human beings. We have learned to adapt all over time. Right. Well, you know, I think as you talk about like talking to people in our communities, even just something as basic as like asking for directions, because like we've, we've instead, we just all automatically turn to, okay, well, I got maps. I can figure out where I'm going from here. Um, but like either having like a physical map or just like asking uh, for directions or things like that, like it, it, it can really create conversation when people see, like people are like, uh, at least I noticed when I didn't have a smartphone out, people definitely seemed much more like, oh yeah, I'm like, I want to chat with you. Like, I see that you're like just kind of observing the world. Like you're not sitting there on your phone. Maybe I might try and strike up a conversation. And you know, I, at first, like uh, I, I, I definitely have grown up with some social anxiety, but I, I really think that like moving away from my, I think a lot of us use the smartphone as like a, a block to like engaging the world because we, we were nervous about it. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I really think you hit the nail on the head there that it can help us kind of rethink our priorities and that we don't, it doesn't even necessarily involve giving up a, your smartphone, but that you can embrace these principles of like reprioritizing community, reprioritizing meeting new people, and that you don't always need the phone, the latest app to do that. Um, I mean, especially, um, you know, as a, as an educator, you know, there's part of me that's like, oh, I need to like stay in on the latest trends and like understand uh, what's going on in the, the wider world. And I need to, you know, do I need to start a TikTok account for the church? Uh, I'll keep you guys posted about that one. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like try, you, you feel this need to like uh, compete with everybody to like be, be the best. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not healthy. You can just live life and you can, you can do your work and you don't have to con like, Yes, it can, we can benefit from it sometimes. Like there's great benefit to like sometimes logging on and talking to a couple colleagues like via email or on Zoom or something like that. But we, we, can, we can also learn to trust ourselves. I think a lot of us create this distrust of ourselves. Do you say that like uh, digital minimalism has helped like you to learn to trust your own self, your own intuition a little bit more? Yeah, you know, I wanted to also comment on this from a religious perspective as well. Like, you know, in the sense that I would say that definitely smartphones have an effect or apps. Some apps may have an effect, maybe not smartphones, but you know, smartphones are the carriers of this apps. So like, I think a lot of things with Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you know, all these pages, you just have to keep up with all of this if you want to be um, popular in, in life, right? Like if you want your word to be known by thousands of followers and, and like have all of these things, right? You, you have to create on these apps. But, you know, from a religious perspective, sometimes I think, I would say with almost 100% certainty, I may not have read all of the books in different religions, but it's just like, at least I know Christianity, Islam, Judaism, 
um, at least Confucianism and, and of course, like um, Buddhism, have a focus on leaving the self-ego idea, right? Like, you know, not being egotistic, like always serving other people, self-actualization, and like looking for the well-being of others first, not necessarily your own, right? So like most major religions do have that kind of like central tenet, right? And I find it interesting because as human beings, we're always attracted to, to our own self-preservation first, right? And that happens in social media as well. That happens a lot. Let me get that AC. I think if you can't hear it, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm not at home. And yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, apologies. But as you know, as I think of as I think of like that core principle, I think of how getting a basic phone allowed me to realize that the world wasn't about me, right? And that I didn't need the world to be about me. I didn't need the likes. I didn't need the social approval of my peers in order to subsist, in order to have a meaningful life, right? So like now that I have re-entered social media because I decided to quit social media for a year after I got this phone, you know, it kind of prompted me to like, I want just more basic life. And I re-entered just not having social media for a year and coupling with a more basic experience made me realize that I really don't need it. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not seeking the approval of others. I, I was able to find more value in what I think I was able to grow myself because I was able to read more, watch more documentaries, be enriched and all of these perspectives. And I mean, I'm not going to say that all I did was self enrichment and all of those amazing things. Yeah. I waste the time like any other human being does, you know, like I, I sometimes, play chess for a little bit too long, you know, <laughs> like, um, but I started learning different lessons. And I think that that's the point. Digital minimalism can guide you towards understanding the world from a different perspective. The perspective that online life only has a certain amount of shelf life. And once you're not popular anymore, they're going to move to somebody else. And that's going to affect who you are. But if you root yourself in something else, let it be your community, let it be your own personal identity, uh, let it be religion, if you are into religion, right, then you have a deeper meaning attached to your life. And when the popularity fades, then it's okay, because your value wasn't attached to the number count, right? Right now, like I look up my YouTube stats, right? Like, you know, and, and, and people watch my videos and that makes me happy, right? Because I feel like I'm serving the community. And I have like 4,000 subscribers, right? And I feel happy about that. You know, it's good. It's good. But sometimes I ask myself, like, if I didn't have 4,000 subscribers, right, would I still continue making the content? And I would say yes, because I don't make the, I do make the content for the people, for the community, for the people that have subscribed, of course. Like, you know, I take their input and value and, and I listen to their feedback. But I put those videos out because I enjoy the topic myself. If one person watches it, good. If nobody watches it, at least I did it for myself and that's what I wanted to do. You know, I'm not pressured to post either, right? Like, you know, I know a lot of creators that they have made social media their livelihood. And if they don't post, they don't eat, right? So like they, they are connected into this digital world so much that when it dissipates, when people don't attach their value or, I mean, God forbid, but, you know, they have a, a, a cultural fall you know, they, or they said something that it wasn't appropriate and then they come after us, they cancel them for X or Y reason. 
then all of a sudden all, all of their cells of cell sense of being can you know go away and i feel like it's this digital world is so feeble right that we need to find other avenues as well to complement if not entirely supplement the fragile the digital currency that, that that we have so having a basic phone has just made me realize that i need to pay attention more to the people that are around me and not so much to the likes and to the reposts and the millions of watch hours that are there on tiktok i when you mentioned tiktok for the church i was recently doing a consultation uh with a church and they asked me like do you think we should create a tiktok account and i asked them do you think that's the best thing for your church are you going to actually serve your constituents and the community that you serve by doing that or is that just going to be another distraction right into this world right digital world that you, you have to manage another thing if you put the same amount of resources to go and do a food pantry right would that serve your community more or less than if you do tiktok now they're they live in a rural area so you know tiktok wasn't the hot commodity or like you know it's not going to reach out to, to many people if you're in an urban area tiktok may be better because it's like hey you know Uh, we have a lot of people, we can spread out the message or like say that we have a community activity. So that makes sense. But for this congregation, they were like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It makes more sense that we put this $1,000 into getting food for people and meeting their needs, you know? So it's a balance, but you have to decide for your own community and you have to do that analysis for yourself as well. Yes, definitely. I know, uh, you know, one of the As, as someone, I started this position last year in July, so I'm just a little bit past a year now. Uh, and uh, as the person who's been largely in charge of the YouTube channel, there, there definitely was some level of pride of like, ah, yes, we've gone from like 75 to like 135 subscribers over the last year. Um, uh, but it really is so important that so, a lot of people just begin to tie so much to like, ah, oh, you know, I can't believe this person didn't like this thing. I can't believe, Um, that they did like this thing that they said this it, you know it, it it i i very much try to be thinking grounded in in the real world as i as i think about like the education that i'm offering like what is is the information i'm providing relevant towards people's lives or it is just these abstract concepts that while sometimes nice like to, to dive into shouldn't be like the driving force of, of all that we do um but as you were as you were talking it really got me thinking Uh, so on this, uh, so we went on this trip back to Michigan, uh, and uh, part of the reason we went is because that's, that's where we lived prior. We lived in Vietnam prior to New York City, and prior to that, we lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we stored, uh, we we had we had a house. We sold the house, got rid of a good portion of stuff, uh, and then um, moved what we had left to my mother-in-law's house, uh, and it was probably. Um, you know, like two rooms and like uh, 20 totes, like the, you know, the little plastic totes um, uh, full of stuff. Uh, and so we said, okay, we need to go back and we need to like get some of the stuff and, and bring it back here. Like the, and, but the thing was, is that we had spent, you know, three years effectively not living in Michigan at all and not interacting with any of that stuff whatsoever. And it made me really stop and think with every, with every single item, I'm like, okay, I've gone three years without this. Do I need this? You know, I've gone through, like, um, letting go of 
of totes full of things that my mom kept from when I was a kid. Like, do I really need my sixth grade graduation certificate? Um, you know, are, are these things that I need for the rest of my life that I'm prepared to like carry this tote with uh, because they're such a high priority, but also like we uh, gave a train table to a friend for her, for her daughter. So that like she had like a train table uh, for her to play with because we didn't have the room for it. You know, it, minimalism uh, applies both to these digital settings, but like there is also uh, this, this move towards minimalism in general life. And so this, to me, as we, we let go, so we narrowed down um, from 20 totes to I think about six that we were storing at her house now. Uh, and got rid of a lot, a lot of the large items and uh, brought back uh, maybe like, I, I would say maybe like, not very much. Like I, I was pretty impressed that we didn't bring back very much. And so like we, um, we, we managed to let go of all these items because we realized over the course of three years, you know, sort of how you were talking about like that you had this time away from Facebook and you realized it wasn't quite as important when you, take that time away from something, it, it really helps you prioritize. Um, so I, have you embraced minimalism in any other areas of your life? Has, has that been something that you've kind of embraced at all? Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, of course it, it kind of affects other areas. I don't think I'm decluttered completely, but we do periodically, you know, give and donate to our Goodwill. We have a Goodwill, you know, close by which is a store, you know, where you donate and essentially, you know, we donate items and things like that, but there's other things that have come like, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking at one right now and I'll, I'll show it up. Um, so right now we're at a retreat. Um, actually, uh, it's kind of like a corporate retreat and, and they brought us just to have fun and stuff. And, you know, I have a slot where I just wanted to talk to y'all and it's exciting. Right. But throughout the day, you know, we, we don't have our phones here. There's no service, but <laughs> this Wi-Fi, but there's no service here. And it's just so peaceful, you know, like we have, I'm looking at a lake right here to my, to my left, right? Like, you know, and, and, and to my right, there's like this beautiful paradise, paradisiac, like, you know, just environment. And today we were just painting, right? Like, you know, we were painting like ceramic objects. So here's my production for the day, right? Like, you know, there was like a little rocket. And when we were just there, it was just uh, my wife, myself, a couple of other people, the couples, you know, some people with kids. And it was just really good to see like people in, engaging once again, right? You know, after this year that we have had so much hardships and things like that. But, but something that I realized when it comes to the changes that it has made with me is that I'm not anxious anymore to know what's with my digital WhatsApp and Facebook and all of the notifications. I'm enjoying like I'm painting this little rocket, you know, <laughs> like I'm enjoying the moment. And, and that's something that I didn't used to have. So that, that's one of the biggest changes that this has done in me. But also, like, I think it has made me realize, like, okay, this is important. This is not important. And this is a time for me to, to spend and, and try and then and, and do my best. And also, like, maybe this is not so valuable. I thought it was valuable, but, you know, I can toss it away and, and, and just let it go. Because we all have those memorabilia items that, they're okay, you know, and some of them are really important, but others just need to go and, and it's okay. You know, some, some things need to go. Also, it, it comes to people, you know, like it has also taught me that you need to value the people that you have and other people also need to go, you know, they may not be too much into you. They may not be like really there for you when you need it most. 
and that's okay. You know, that's your decision. That's how things played out in life. And you can just do something different. Yeah. Uh, that, that's definitely some, some wisdom there. It's, it's hard sometimes, but yeah, that, that learning to let go is just, uh, it's a good practice. And dare, dare I say, even perhaps a bit of a, of a spiritual discipline, uh, the learning to let go. Um, it, can, it can be tough, but it's, it's important, an important lesson to learn. Um, I suppose as a as a final thing to discuss before we transition to like letting folks ask questions if they have them, uh, is I'd be curious uh, if you have maybe like some some pointers, some places to look for information, like for folks that are like maybe just getting started. Like you know, I can talk a little bit about my own experiences as well too before we switch. But I'd love to hear from you. Um, you go go ahead, and we'll have you go first uh, for for talking about yeah, resources. Absolutely. Um, you know, first. Uh, thank you for, for having me here. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear some of the questions and, and different things. But one thing that is very, very important, I think, is there are books out there that can help you in your transition, right? You know, to a more digital minimalist life or maybe minimalist life, just general minimalism. Um, but I think that I think the biggest resource that I that I've used over over the past uh year and a half is just meditation right like you know if, if you're aware with practices of meditation you know some people like to go into the transcendental things i just like to you know just have a, a good time for meditating on my thoughts on my life every day where i can just think and say hey you know this is what my life i've done so that's the biggest resource i think get acquainted with meditation get acquainted with like knowing and truly exploring what's happening in your life right? And how you can be better. And I think that this has, of course, the pandemic has been a point of inflection for a lot of people. And we have kind of learned collectively to appreciate those things that are important and the things that are not so important, right? So that's the first thing. There's some other books uh, like Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear. Uh, there is Digital Minimalism by Carl Newport. And there's actually a new book by Carl Newport as well called uh, A World Without Email. So essentially showing how email is very detrimental to us and as a society and how it actually makes us less productive than more productive. But, you know, that's, that's uh, I think email is going to take a while to, to change. <laughs> but for now, you know, we're, we're kind of stuck with it. So those are some books, some, some resources. Um, there, there is also um, actually one resource for people who may be watching on YouTube or if you're here and you have not only a problem, not a compulsive use problem, but a complete addiction to the internet, right? So there is, um, there's a program called Internet Addiction Anonymous, I believe, uh, Internet and Technology Addiction Anon Anonymous. Uh, it is something like that. Um, yes, Internet and Technology Addicts Anonymous, and you can find them at internetaddictanonymous.org. They actually run a meeting virtual and they have some meetings in some countries and some areas of the world and if you really really have a problem like you know uh where your usage is just uncontrollable you have tried all things you may join a, a, a program like this you know that celebrates recovery that allows you to you know have a kind of like a 12 step following some steps becoming you know uh, helpful and, and to use that. So Internet Addicts Anonymous, I think uh, I went to a couple of the meetings just to see how they function. And I found them to be a very good resource, very open to listen to your experiences. And it's just one of those good programs for people that are beyond like, you know, like they just feel like they're 
connected all the time. They cannot let it go. They have withdrawals, things of that nature. And if you feel like you don't know, they also have other resources in there that, that, that can also be helpful. Um, you know, and besides that, I will say the biggest resource that you can always have is community. You know, uh, we are social beings uh, as, as people, and it's important that we have connection with one another. Uh, some people like to be less connected. They may be more introverted. Some people are overconnected, like myself. I'm too extroverted sometimes. Uh, but there has to be a balance. I need to meet with introverts. They need to meet with extroverts. We make each other better, right? And uh, community is the biggest resource that you can have because when the internet shuts down, uh, you need to have people to rely on. And yes, of course, the internet hasn't shut down completely, but sometimes we may have outages or things like that and you're not able to reach people. So have someone that you can actually call and enjoy life with in your town, in your city and reconnect now that we are allowed, at least for the time being. Uh, I'm a little bit curious, real quick. Um, I, I know, I believe on your channel that you mentioned a, a little bit further back, I believe you mentioned like block scheduling, uh, but more recently, I think you mentioned uh, that you were messing around with the idea of like having a set day where you just didn't actually interact with any screens at all. Were you, were you still practicing either of those? Like practices? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so James Clear on his book, Atomic Habits, uh, essentially has also templates for block scheduling. Essentially, you block certain amount of time to do a task and you have you know that that day or that time the hour those two hours to do a specific task then you take a break and then you come back do do more of the same or do something different so uh, block scheduling is, is very important um, there's some articles out there on the internet that you can look into uh, there's some books also that talk about that especially namely like you know uh, atomic habits or the power of habit by uh, charles duhigg um, and there's other books that can, you know, kind of like you do a search um, or, you know, go to your local library. You know, you don't have to do a search. You can ask a librarian, right? Uh, we're so used to having these um, regular, you know, in internet kind of like interactions, right? But maybe asking a libra librarian or asking a friend, like, what have you used for productivity? That can be helpful. Uh, yes, the other one is kind of like a digital Sabbath, if you will, like, you know, kind of like that concept borrowing from that religious concept, uh, essentially one day a week, I try my best to just turn off the devices, not use them and just say goodbye, you know, um, I've been successful, uh, I think, uh, out of this past 30 weeks, uh, I think for about 15, you know, 15 weeks, like, you know, I've been successful and others like I sneak in an hour or two. But yeah, it, it's it's a good it's a good uh, practice for sure. Yes, definitely. I I I think I've managed a, a one one day a month is, is for my goal on the on the screen day off, uh, especially with like uh, two kids. That I was like, want to watch screens. You know, we've we've had some very right. intentional um, things, and I mean, so uh, in terms of resources that have been good for me, one has been getting my own kids thinking about like their screen usage, uh, yeah. like. To, to be like, hey guys, we're gonna take a week off of, of screens. Like, cause you know, sometimes you can really tell that they, um, you know, they basically go from like pretty well behaved. And then if they have a day where they play a bit more video games then suddenly they're in a little bit of a worse mood. Like you can really sometimes see these screens have their effect in like real time, uh, especially right. with kids. Uh, and so being really intentional with my kids. Uh, I, so I use an iPad for work as well as a laptop sometimes. Uh, so I use a program, there's one called, uh, let me see, uh, this is actually, it's 
time, it's T lowercase I M E. And like, so that one's got timers that you can kind of set to like, keep yourself aware of like how much time you're, you're using on a set task. Yeah. Um, there for Apple apps. And I think possibly also like Android is block it, I think is what it's called, where it'll block specific websites. So you have to like remove the apps, but it'll stop you from like logging on the browser to like go find them that way. Uh, and that was really great. There's also, if you're on like a laptop, there's a ton of extensions that you can like get for the different browsers. Um, there is one program. Waste, waste no time is one I used a lot. Yeah, there's one program actually. Uh, this is another resource uh, called Cold Turkey. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, kind of like quitting Cold Turkey. Uh, and it's, uh, it's amazing. Cold Turkey is actually another tool that I use. It allows you to set up a schedule and say like, from this time to this time, you're gonna block all these pages and only allow me to, to access these pages. You can even put a passcode. You can even put like an unblockable thing. You can even lock your computer. Like literally it's called fr frozen turkey and it freezes the computer completely. Mm -hmm. And even if you turn it off and turn it back on, it's still on that page until the time is gone. So if you really just wanna like, hey, I don't wanna have to do anything. Uh, yeah, so essentially, you know, that's, that's, that's that's part of it for sure. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I think that waste no time is kind of similar in that like it, it has things like where you can, it's like an extension and like it'll, you can put like, allow me to go to this. And it can also be really specific. So like I was able to keep like the creator studio on Facebook so that I could like make my posts for work while not logging into Facebook proper. Um, or, um, but it can also just be like, hey, I need to really focus and not be on the browser at all. And you can just turn it off like effectively and it'll it won't let you do it it'll it'll make you wait until the time is done so yeah that, that can be really good there was and gosh i forget the name of it now i'd have to look through like my old um google play store downloads but uh, I'll, I'll be searching for it and maybe i'll post it in the comments if i remember the name um is but it was like this app that uh, every time you logged on to your smartphone it basically asks you like, what is your intention for uh, logging on? Why, why are you logging Act on? Active Flow. It's called Act to Flow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, ATU Flow. I think there might have been another one. Is that name doesn't. That's how I've seen that one. Um, yeah. there, I, I think it was a one that maybe was a little bit more rugged than Act to Flow one. Okay. But um, either way, like that sort of thing, you know, in the spirit of like the meditation that you were talking about, mm -hmm. uh, can also be a really. Um, a really strong uh, like thing to, to stop and think, why am I getting on this device? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 